Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Now where it is now, everybody wants a piece of the market. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! I don't remember asking you a thing. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? With all due respect, what the f*** are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration? What the f*** is so funny about me? Tell me, tell me what's funny. You represent the idiocy of today. I did not know that. English mother do you speak it? Are you listening to me? That's my together is my together. Nice personality combination, hostile and intolerant. So that's, that's it then. No one else really knows anything. Hello and welcome to Stats and Jack. Stats and Jack. She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 62. 62. Putting a whip to it today. NASA Futures up 230. We got Walmart with a big revenue miss. They're down 891. And everybody loves Home Depot. We've been talking, predicting, saying on the show for a long time that Home Depot has more pricing power than Walmart. And it looks like we're correct. Uh, Home Depot is up uh, 826 and Walmart is uh, is down. Where are we? Exactly uh, 8 42, so almost the same thing. Do we have Brendan? I'm here. How are you, Chief? I'm doing all right. Now, do I have a story for you two and everybody else? Okay. What's all the right. story? Yeah, yeah, this could be, I'm not going to say it's a new low in human interaction because as far as we know, nobody died. Uh, nobody got <laughs> shot. Okay. <But>, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> my niece has been, uh, she works works from home sometime, and she, but she's been coming down to the office and kind of working here with us for some reason maybe because i cook lunch i don't know mm. uh anyway she uh she wanted out yesterday for some for some lunch or something and uh right here at wells and the eisenhower she sees this guy well Chris, she's, she was over my truck she was getting something on my truck okay. so she sees this guy on a bike the guy makes a right turn like almost into the guy <laughs> she doesn't think that the dude the dude hit the guy but it was enough to where he had to stop short and you know, he was off his bike, right? So he didn't fall, and it doesn't seem like he got hit. Well, he gets totally outraged. And they're screaming back and forth, going absolutely nuts. So the guy jumps on the hood of the car. Oh. And the guy just continues his right turn. And the bike in one of his slippers is sitting right in the middle of the street as the guy is on the hood of the car being driven down Ida Wells toward the lake. Oh, my God. <laughs> And she goes, the guy's going slow. It wasn't like he was going a million miles an hour trying to throw the guy off and kill him, but he was just on the hood, still yelling at him, and the guy, and they were driving along. And been, as far as she knows, the bike and the, sh- the, the shoe could still stay, still be there. It, was, it looked like it might have been rental bikes or something, but I go, what? This, this is 11, 11.30 on a Monday morning on a nice day. Oh, my God. The only time I've ever seen someone like really get like wrecked on a bike was, it was actually it was for my sister's birthday, which is today. And, um, but I think this is maybe three birthdays ago, three or four birthdays ago. I think she, yeah, she moved to Portland two years ago. Yeah. So three birthdays ago, we were in uh, Lincoln Park and I took her out for, for lunch and, uh, we're sitting there and her back was facing an, an intersection and all of a sudden you hear, boom. And then I just, I see just legs <laughs> just in the air and the woman falls on the ground and I'm like, oh my god! And, you know, so of course I'm freaking out. And people are running over there. And then someone offers to call an ambulance, and she's like, don't call one. And then they were like, why? She goes, because they might not accept my insurance. That's about the truth. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! That's, I know how you feel. Case. It's a big deal. Yeah. 
But no, she just she just left. The person the person drove. Like, there was a hit and run, and then she said, "Don't call the insurance company," because even if she wanted to sue, she I don't think she'd be able to locate the person. Well, the bike bikers are generally more dangerous than the than the car people, at least in my neighborhood. They don't. There's no stop sign or nothing. They they they. they oh no, they drive like maniacs. Yeah, and then if, if something happens to them, then they're pissed. You know, yeah, which is bizarre. But anyway, <laughs> so Brendan, how are you? I, I, that was my story for the day. <laughs> but I can't. I don't know the ending. That's, I don't that's know. A good I, but I don't, I don't know the ending. I don't know. I don't know if the guy drove like to eleventh to, to the police off the police district with the guy in the hood or what. I, you, or if he saw he eventually well, I got off. The guy in the hood finally came off or fell off. But, yeah, I would, uh, I would think. You know, that's uh, another another bit of road rage on on both sides, the bike and the driver of the car. Well, I was I was uh, unfortunately on the expressways quite a bunch this weekend, and um, do you think our do you think our police or their state police, I guess, on the do you think they have any in, enough intelligence to realize that all these accidents and all this this, this stuff is, is due to the fact that people are going 90 and 100 miles an hour, with, seemingly unencumbered by any any law enforcement whatsoever? That maybe if you slowed mm-hmm. everybody down to a normal to where people aren't on the shoulders driving around people or motorcycles aren't running down the middle of the lane, you think if, if, seriously? If, if those yeah, but I mean, if those people were all of a sudden, didn't we used to suspend people's licenses for doing stuff like that? We used to, but you know, it it also reminds me of the old George Carlin bit driving down the road that if a guy goes zooming by me, look at that maniac. If a guy's slow in front of me, look at that idiot. Yeah, well, that's the difference between an idiot and you know, I am the marker of everybody around me. So anybody going fast to me is a maniac. Anybody slower than me is an idiot. So just well, get the heck out of my way. If the speed limit is fifty-five and you're doing seventy, and three guys go by you <clears throat> like you're parked, and then of course the fourth guy because because he sees the three guys do the other, it now becomes a maniac caravan. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, you know, if you get if you get in an accident on a city street, it wouldn't be the, it's not the worst thing. When you when you see a fatality on a city street, it means somebody's going like fifty five or sixty. I mean, you got to stop that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, you go to Toronto. I don't know. I've been to Toronto a while, but last time I was there, you drive into town and there's a sign that says you know there are kilometers. So I don't know what kilometers are, but. Something like you know, speed limit seventy kilometers. You know, over eighty, what something fine. Over ninety, something fine. Over a hundred, lose your car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, a hundred miles an hour on the expressway. I think this is you should have, it should be impounded for a couple of days, and you should lose your license for three months. Why shouldn't you? I mean, I mean, hundred. I don't think how good of a driver you think you are. You know that that's going to be a fatal crash. I'm sorry. I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, just uh, yeah. Although hundred hundred kilometers is sixty two miles an hour. Right. No, I'm so talking about. It, it, <laughs> well, might have, have been one hundred twenty. Yeah. If we're if we're here if we're here in the states at hundred, that's uh, that's lots of. The other thing is, you know, when you go out west, I think it's in parts of Oklahoma that uh, the speed limit at, at one point was eighty miles an hour, but it says eighty miles an hour speed limit, no tolerance. Yeah, no tolerance. Because generally, you know, the cops will give you a, a 10, 10 mile per hour uh, grace period if you're. If the speed limit is 65, you can go 75 without getting pulled over. If you go 76 or 80, they'll use it to pull you over. But uh, it was interesting to see you know, the, the additional part of the sign that said no tolerance. Well, if, if, you, if you, don't, you haven't already figured it out, if you haven't driven through there, I'll tell you a state that has no tolerance, and it's Ohio. Mm-hmm. If, if it says 60 and you're doing 64, they're, they're, they're at least pulling you over to warn you. Now, is that true for... Uh, or Ohio plates, or anybody else without Ohio plates. Uh, I don't know, but 
but I, I, I think it's, you know it's one of the, it's an interesting question you bring that up, Mr. Mr. Counselor, uh, when you start talking about uh, targeting people, you know, and I've been a gee, I never Evergreen park, you know, eighty percent of the people they pull over on the on Ninety Fifth Street are black or something or out of this. Well, maybe it's if, if you go to Ohio and there's a construction zone. I haven't been there that much lately, but inevitably three or four of the cars in the construction zone are Illinois plates. Only because people in Illinois don't give a rat's behind about a construction site. They go as fast as they want to. Yep. In Ohio, they actually mm-hmm. slow down. So is, is that the fault of the Ohio cops, or is that the fault of the people in Illinois who can't read the sign? I think it's the fault of the people in Illinois who can't read the sign. In Ohio, they take construction zones seriously, and here we don't. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you, you go to another state, somebody else's backyard, you don't take it seriously? Well, they do. <laughs> I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just well, saying they do. We've been, we've been told that... Um you know, we have, we have, uh, we have two cars now. We've got one that's, uh, registered here in Illinois and one that we've registered at our house over in Michigan. And we have been told by some of the locals that if given the choice when we're over there, when we're both over there, um, drive around in the, in the Michigan plated car instead of the Illinois plated car because people in southwestern Michigan don't like Illinois drivers and especially in certain parts of, of Michiana. Um, you're high, much more highly likely to be pulled over for things with Illinois plates than you are with Michigan plates. Well, the other flip, <clears throat> the flip side of that probably is that if you if you plan on parking where you shouldn't park here in Illinois or in Chicago, have the Michigan plates on because they won't mess with you because they can't track you down as much as easy. Mm-hmm. So it'll work both ways for you there. It could. It could. It depends on whether you're going to be a spot plug here in Illinois or here over there in Michigan. Or both. <laughs> or both. Yeah, or both. <laughs> well, you can kind of balance. You can kind of balance where, where, you get, where you're going to get the most trouble and have to pay the most fine. Um, well, yeah, it's a... Uh, and well, speaking of fines, you know, is that the next step for uh, City of Chicago to, uh, to uh, you know, penalize youths if they're walking around the City of Chicago streets after uh, 6 o'clock at night? Um, what do you think? What do you, what, how, how, do, how do we get this genie back in the bottle? Where we have just I don't know. It's tough. Um, it's tough, and you know, a lot of it was spurred by that event last Wednesday night here in on North Avenue Beach and Lincoln Park. It was it was scary. Uh, you know, we looked out the window and, and saw hundreds of people in the park, and it, it was really scary. And then they were. Uh, Running and and there were motorcycles and cars uh, doing donuts and, and spinning their wheels down North Avenue and uh, a lot of people and a lot of people could have got hurt because of the way people were driving on their motorcycles and their cars and then of course there were people jumping on top of CPA buses it was really a weird night um, it's you know it's a a muck time as they as they was the tire truck episode right mm-hmm yeah. I, uh, That's a good reference. I uh, I seem to recall, and, and you have a better memory on this kind of stuff than me. But after the uh, the riots, I think it was after Martin Luther King got shot. Somebody, somebody somewhere, back when we used to do stuff like this, somebody did a uh, a big study, and I think it was a federal level about uh, you know riot control and uh, and how do you stop it? And I believe it was a pretty well done document. And I think the only, they said the only real way to stop it is to anticipate it and meet it with overwhelming force right at the start. 
and we don't do any of that. Matter of fact, there was an article yesterday about uh, the Millennium Park thing, and they this is a what's CWB? Is that the Chicago something something paper? It's a uh, mm-hmm. North Side anyway. So they said the police have responded the way they always do. There's a problem at Millennium Park. They shut the park down, and they shove all these people out into the city where the city is not ready for it. All of a sudden, windows get bashed in, and and people run into convenience stores and steal stuff, and there's nowhere near. And then then you tell all the cops from the rest of the city to come downtown because you got a problem, and you do it over the the speaker so everybody else in the city knows all the cops from your area have been removed to downtown. And then then the armed robbery started up where one of the guys last night... uh, North of, uh, he's in Edgewater. They had, they had seven or eight armed robberies and armed robberies in Edgewater right after. I don't know if there's a connection between the cops all leaving or not, but it's it's it it is it is amazingly poor police work. It's it's not. We have cameras all over the damn place, and yet we don't know that 500 people are descending on Millennium Park, even though every there's a, there's cameras at every single station, the red line or the whatever mm-hmm. line or whatever. We don't we don't seem to have any communication like. The other side, <laughs> the, the teenagers doing all this stuff, and Brent, there, need, there needs to be, and I'm, I'm not the guy, but something has to happen in terms of, of of shock and awe, to where one of these weeks, like 400 of these people are on buses, and where are they? They're not in county; they're at Joliet. What are they doing in Joliet? Because they're not getting out of there until we figure out who they are, where they come from, do they have a home? What do the parents say? Are there any parents? I mean, are they living with, with, with older gangbangers? What are they doing? Do they have any stretch of chance of us putting them back where they are and the same thing not happening next week? If not, we're going to put them in a high school in Montana or something. There, there need, something has to happen here, Brennan. And I, I don't know what it is. But we need some psychologists and people. But whatever this is, it's getting worse by the week. Anybody who thinks it isn't, I, you know, it is, 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 is on... ACLU comes out and says you can't, you can't close the place early or you can't let people not let people younger in because you're going to affect anybody who's gone on Millennium Park to have a good time I don't care what they look like or how old they are but that's not what's happening I mean, there, there's, there's got to be what, how many loads of loads of people in cars every weekend are driving around looking for mayhem you've got to find a way I mean, it, whether it's in my neighborhood uh, whatever neighborhood it is you, you have to at one point, take a square mile area at one in the morning and just stop all the access out of there. If anybody's driving in there, <clears throat> if it's if it's my night and uh, they pull me over in my area, I can deal with it. It's, it's like it's like one of those, uh, you know, whatever, you know, check your license kind of stops. But I don't want to see that. Well, it is it is getting out of hand, and I think it's it's a danger for the city. And I think it it um, I, I don't think it's a problem that's been created or. Uh, I'm not sure how much it's been exacerbated under Lori Lightfoot and David Brown, but it, it really is reaching critical forces right now. Although the, the other point that you made about the way to, to handle riots is uh, shock and awe force before they begin or at the time they begin. That didn't work very well in, in 68 when the Democratic Convention went down. <laughs> that's exactly what happened with the confrontation. Well, but that's, that was... Moved. But that was there has been a lot of stuff since then to try to de-escalate situations. But at some point, I, I agree that there has to be ramifications for those who, who commit mayhem and crime. And there's a difference between a peaceful protest or something and um, and violence. Or like the kid who got shot, like the 23-year-old guy who got shot at um, in Webster and, and Wayne last week yeah. in the middle of the night. You know, he was coming up from work or something, and 
and you get ambushed. Or, you know, what happened in the park last week with all the mayhem and, and the disruption around town. I mean, just think of how much how much extra cost it was for police protection to clear the park and clear the beach of, uh, of 500 people who were drinking and drugging out there. Um, it was, uh, admittedly, there was, there was not much in the way of violence. I mean, we watched for a while out of our window, but uh, didn't see didn't see fights breaking out. It was just really amazing. There was a, a, a clump of about 100 people. And do you remember the end of the Mary Tyler Moore show when they were all doing a group hug and then they moved across the room and then they moved back? And oh, it, yeah. it was just like that. It was like an amoeba moving uh, groups of about 100 people tightly packed. And then somebody hung up what looked like a phone or a light or something uh, 100 feet away. And then the whole group would just kind of move over to the other spot. And uh, to the cops' credit, you know, they they gradually pushed them out of the park area, not all at once to flood the streets, but uh, in in little bits. And, and um, you know, nobody was hurt, from what I could tell, and or what I heard on the news. But it was it was frightening. It was frightening because of what was going on in the neighborhood. Well, what the, I guess the, the Democratic convention. I think, from my recollection of that, uh, they had a real lot of people from other cities. It had nowhere to stay, and, all, and, and there is a "got to be out of the park by eleven o'clock" rule. If they just would have said, "You know, we don't need to enforce that rule this tonight." I think they'd have been okay, Brendan. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah, because a lot of them were staying in the, uh, staying in the park in in, uh, in Grand Park, and uh, you're right. They, they the police went in to clear the park, but they didn't go in saying. Please move your belongings. <laughs> they make billy clubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have just. I mean, I, that, that's that's the, the problem with this whole thing. I, they, and again, I'm not the police, but somebody has to sit down and say, okay, now we have a problem at North Avenue Beach. We got 500 people drinking here. Do we really want to boot them out of the park into the into the neighborhood where we don't have anybody there? Mm-hmm. You know. Surround the park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, here, here's where we are. Yeah. It's a it's a strategy. It's a strategy that uh, I I don't have the answer for whether it's whether it's the right one or the wrong one, but it it you know, crime is escalating around the city it seems and more violent crime that um, is is going to have a lot of bad effects on the city of Chicago. Well, I, the the kids that got shot here on State Street, isn't that right in front of a dorm? What if it was your kid in that dorm? 300 South State is a dorm, right? Is that the old Sears um, building? It very well could be. I, I know that there are a lot of dorms that are down there because of all the universities with Columbia and DePaul and um, Roosevelt. Yeah. They've got some combined dorms right around there. What was the old Goldblatt store? Well, isn't uh, 300 is, is uh, Jackson, right? So it's in the corner of Jackson uh, and State. Jackson or Van Buren? Well, no, Van Buren's 400. Because we're four eleven, okay, yeah, we're just we're just south of Van Buren. We're four eleven, so mm-hmm. Van, Van Buren's four, and Jackson's three. Anyway, uh, Brandon, what do you think? What, what do you think of the uh, stock market? Uh, what do you think of some of these stocks that were the, the darlings of stuff last year, going in the in the crap hole? And all of a sudden, we got a big rally today. Um, is the Fed going to try and save it? I mean, what is what is the strategy here in terms of the inflation versus? I mean, what is what is your gang when you sit together and, and sit there with your your beverage with your pinky up? What, what what's the what's the talk? Because obviously you're talking to people that uh, are you know not not we're not talking about the Schmolzer Society. Even your friends are the. What, what are they saying? Um, 
nobody seems to know what's going on or how long it's going to last. It, it, it doesn't seem to have any um, any real rhythm or very um, you know, anything that's really understandable. And I don't think anybody really knows how to combat this because um, you, know, you don't want the economy to tank, but you do want to you do want to reduce inflation. And it's a very tight wire. That if, if you if you went, for example, to the Paul Volcker approach and, and you know, raise the Fed rate to in interest rates to twenty percent, then it's going to crash the economy at a time when we really can't do that. Um, so it, it, it's a really tough thing to do, and it seems like there's no rhyme or reason to where the stock market is is responding. You know, it, it it's going down and it's going down, but then every now and then there are blips coming back up. So it's it's really confusing. I'm not sure that. Uh, it's for want of, of trying to cure things. I just think that nothing seems to be working the way it used to. Well, it's hard to have to tell the people or ask the people to cure it when they're the people that caused it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to tell the Fed. I mean, Bernanke, uh, the other day, comes out and said the Fed should have uh, started to fight inflation earlier. Then they're the ones that caused it. Mm-hmm. And and there doesn't seem to be any. The thing that one of the things that's, that that I struggle with, Brendan, is when when I ask you that, I ask you that for a reason because I mean you don't you don't we all don't hang around with, with idiots, right? The question is does does the does the regular public have any idea, even the upper end intellectual public, of what exactly is happening to them in the sense that. Right now, if we stay like this for five years, if you got a million dollars in the bank, it's going to be worth five hundred thousand. It's mm-hmm. it's the it's the biggest drag of wealth out of a society that you can get is inflation. And I I don't, I don't understand how more people don't seem to understand. That. I mean, it's not like anything you can do about it. You know, you can jump on the hood of you know, of the mayor's car or something like the guy did yesterday. But I mean, it's 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 amazingly to me how easy this is going down with society. When you see, um, I mean, I sent you guys a thing yesterday. The the, uh, the in the city of Chicago, and I didn't. This is a this is a cranes, and I didn't read the whole article. But they did a sample, and the and the heads the heads of companies. They I don't know how many they sampled. Average of fifty percent raise last year, and the people who work mm-hmm. for them average four percent. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, talk about. I, I saw that article too, and I think it was twenty three hundred companies. So it was a, a substantial. Uh, investigation and a substantial comparison, and I think that that also contributes to a lot of the woes in the country when you talk about wealth disparity. And not only has the you know the the salaries of the CEOs gone up so much more than the salary of the average worker, um, but that's widening. And, if, and when you look at how much the average worker makes compared to the CEO, just head to head, and you know, in some of these companies, it's. 800 times. The, the CEO is making 800 times the average wage of, of the, the line worker. And you, you go back to the, to the 60s, and it was maybe four times. So it, it, the, it, the people who are in the C-suite aren't being hit in the same way that the people who are on the line doing the jobs in the factories. But I, I, when, you, when you hear, it's, it's kind of stunning that you listen to people, the talking idiots, I won't say heads, and they're, they're, they're opining about whether there will be a recession or not. And people are guaranteeing there won't be. Well, hell, we already had one quarter in a row where we're down. But, but mm-hmm. every, every person, I'm going to say every person out of ten people you know, Brennan, I'm going to say nine of them 
are in a recession, a personal recession, mm-hmm. to where their their income um, of the last two quarters, given the inflation, their income, I doubt. I mean, even the people who obviously the people on Social Security, people who have a pension. I doubt very seriously if the if the pension is up ten percent. So if it isn't, oh, it can't be. And the other stuff is, by definition, they <laughs> are in a personal. And I and I don't, I don't understand how people aren't really starting to. I mean, they're sort of realizing it in the sense that they they'll complain about it, especially for gas prices. But the the overwhelming, you know, the, to me, it's the, the the evidence is overwhelming, and yet you let people talk to you and say. The world isn't. Well, what do you mean it isn't? If everybody I know is, maybe maybe we are. It's type of thing. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the cost, especially for the the most immediate things that we buy, rent uh, and gas and food, are going up so high, so fast. It, it, it really is hitting everybody. Um, and, and broadly speaking, it. It has a big drag on the economy, and you're right that there's no way for 90, 95% of the folks in this country to overcome the increases, no matter what the, if they get a, a salary increase, it's nowhere near keeping up with inflation. When you look at some of the rents in, in apartments in the Chicago area or in other cities going up 30, 40, 50% in a year, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah. There's, there's no way you can keep up with things like that. And not to mention gas and the gas doubling the prices over the last year and a half. Um, and, but you know, the other side of it is, you also look at the corporate earnings. You know, what point is this due because of, of inflationary factors? How much is this due to corporations taking advantage of it? Just look at, for example, the, some of the examples of the baby formula on the shelves. That, uh, Brennan, what what do you, why don't we... Uh, $40 is now being sold for $120. Brennan, why don't we uh, ask Eliani to take a note? Why don't we make that our... Hmm. Our uh, line of conversation next week. Baby formula. Well, just the idea that, <laughs> no, we're, 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 that, we're, that we're down to four places. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and what, what are we doing in every one of these industries down to three and four places? That's that yeah. somewhat of the issue. Anyway, Brennan, thank you very much, buddy. Have a good week. Don't have anybody running over siphoning your gas. You know, I'm surprised we're not seeing more of that. <laughs> we were doing that pick in the I'm surprised, too. S&P futures up 68. SMP's up 254. Looks like a good day in the market. Be right back, Mr. Joel Cannon. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. 
a longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Right here, right now, right now. Hello, North Bay Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom She's Eliana on the board. The world is good today. The market is up. Everybody's happy. Uh, Dow's was up 400 points. Was up five. SP futures up 67. Nasdaq futures up up 252. Dow futures up 440. The uh, Get us up over in Europe in here. I'm, I'm guessing these guys are up too, and I would be correct. Dex up 224, 1.6%. FTSE up 64.9%. Those laggards. Kick around up 89, 1.4%. Over in Asia, um, everybody's up here too. Nikkei up 112.4%. Shanghai up 19.6%. Hang Seng, which has been the, the, the laggard for like a year and a half now, is up 652, 3.2%. So they've got a big bounce. Um, they're leading the big rise over there. Yesterday, that was up 26, S&P down 15, NASDAQ down 142. NASDAQ had another bad day, 1.2%, but we're making that up and more this morning. Matter of fact, we're up probably twice that much here this morning. Uh, Bonds up 4 basis points, 2.92. The Bund over 1, 1.009. Uh, Japan still at 0.24, not going anywhere. That's why the dollar fluctuates up and down at the end, because the Japan interest rate does not move. Uh, well, up 90 cents, 115.10. It's... Uh, Everything's now China's demand optimism. China's okay. Now, two days ago, the numbers were horrible. Now they're okay. So if you think a billion and a half people turns around in one day, well, I got something that I need to buy the market today. Ran up 99 cents, 115.23. Natural gas up 31 cents, 827. Ouch. Um, but it's, it's a big number. 
Arbob up a penny to 403. That's as high as we've seen Arbob. Gas goes up every week here. It's a, it's a, it's a windfall for all those guys. Gold up 14 bucks, 18.28. Silver up 23 cents, 21.79. Copper up 7 cents, 4.26. And we've got Bitcoin up 5.48 to 30,247. If I had a guess, I'd say the central banks are putting some money in today, but that would just be a guess. Eliane, what, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.37 a.m. on May 17th. It's my sister's birthday. Woo! And uh, let's start with sports. Uh, let's talk about baseball. Uh, Cubs beat the Pirates last night, 9-0. So a huge win last night. And the White Sox beat the Royals last night, 5-3. Diamondbacks lose to Dodgers last night, 4-5. Looking at weather in Chicago, mostly sunny, 53, high of 64, and a low of 52. And Phoenix currently sunny, 77, with a high of 100 and freaking 1, and a low of 73. Yeah. Uh, looking at traffic in Chicago this morning, uh, we have traffic eastbound on 88 between Midwest Road to the 290 East Ramp. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 20 all the way to downtown, approaching the 290 I-94 construction intersect. Traffic westbound on 290 between uh, Costner and 9th. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on I-90 between Lee Street and Lawrence. Traffic westbound on I-90 between Lawrence and West Higgins. Uh, we have traffic eastbound 94 between West Fullerton and Canalport. Intermittent traffic westbound on 94 between Dalton and 79th with an accident at Route 12. And then traffic picks up again at 47th all the way to North Throop. Uh, we have traffic northbound on 57 between Route 83 and the 94 East Ramp. And finally, traffic northbound on 55 between North Weber Road and the 94 East Ramp. Back to you, Chief. Do we have Mr. Joel? Individual stocks again. Home Depot's up eleven bucks. So they beat on earnings. Walmart is. I've got the Walmart is the only uh, the only red mark in the Dow. It's down ten bucks. Joel, you with us? Joel, you there? Oh, all right. The uh, he's, he's not there. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? The uh, so we've got again a big big move up today in the market at least so far. Uh, we've been kind of due for that since we've had a couple of crummy weeks in a row. Remember several. Now, you know, is, is it a bear market rally or is it the turn of the start of something new here? Well, sort of time will tell. I, uh, I still think that the interest rates, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's stunning how people are already accusing the Fed of moving too fast and interest rates are 1%. I, I do think people, Joel, how are you, buddy? Chief, well, what I do, what I say, so uh, weird. I don't know. I think somehow or another, <laughs> <Just> they, dropped. <laughs> I, I, I think that somebody doesn't like what you're saying on the show or something, and they're cutting you off at the. The, the the truck is behind your place and they're cutting you off. Rude. Click. So rude. So rude. <laughs> so, so you're long today. You're happy. Everybody's happy. We're gonna have a, a rally here at least for a little while. What what do you what do you call this rally? Is it is this the, like the nothing rally? Are we rallying on nothing or what? Um, well, we've been down so. What do they say on the floor? We're down so low it's starting to look like up. I don't even know. I mean, you know, uh, you know, we had the turn on Thursday, right? That yep. was a nice turn. Uh, Friday, boom, the follow through, and then the, uh, the Mondays. You know, you got to really keep your head on a swivel, right? Because yep. you don't know if it was just a, a full rally. Um, and they tried to bust it a couple times, and then it, you know, the last hour, the hour of power looked bad too, and then. Uh, I just tell you, Chief, it's just easier to move the market in the direction that you want to go at night. I mean, it's just, you know, don't want to go into whole conspiracy theories or whatever, but, man, I mean, mood is booze this much with, uh, you know, stocks close for eight hours. You tell me, but uh, 
it's good to see, right? Like you, I heard you say before, everybody's happy. Well, that's right. I've got uh, I, uh, the amount of people that are just getting hammered in some of these stocks. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it really is somewhat stunning to me, uh, Joel. And again, it's not, you know, is it, it, I, uh, it is a uh, registered guy. You know, I always have to be careful what I say. And uh, you have all these responsibilities. You can't do this. You don't want to give investment advice or you don't want to do this there. Yet the investment advice that people give on the TV constantly, and, I, and I, I'm always stunned by, wh- where did you get these four stacks from somebody who's like 75 years old? Well, I watch TV all day. Yeah. And, it's, and the amount of people that are getting massacred in this NVIDIA, I I don't know if they bought it a lot lower and are still up, but even so, since I've been watching the stuff, it's been the last few weeks has been pretty horrible. I mean, I've got people that have uh, Amazon, you know. It's I got, you know I know some people that have like a couple of hundred shares and are down the things down a thousand points. I mean, <laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, I mean, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, the, the approach that uh, Dennis and I try and take is that uh, we just try and help people not lose money yeah. or lose less money. You know, um, it's a really tough investing environment, uh, both long and short term. Uh, Dennis tries to time his portfolio a little bit more than I do. Uh, but, you know, I, I can't necessarily tell you if uh, a stock's going out or uh, going up or breaking out or whatever, but... You know, when there's, there's a lot of red bars on the chart, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's something to be aware of. And uh, we just talk a lot about risk-reward. Uh, also, you know, where are you at on your investment horizon? You know, like you just mentioned, 75 years old. I mean, you know, I don't care if I'm getting killed in, in munis or, you know, or CDs or something. You know, if you're at that stage in your life, you're out there buying Tesla and Amazon, you know, okay, you know, go ahead. I don't know what your time horizon is, but um, there, it, it's been primarily these growth stocks that, uh, that people got caught in. And, um, you know, they're starting to come back a little bit, but, I mean, people like us know that they're not, there's going to be some that are going to go back to their previous levels, but not all of them. You know, and, and people, you know, the stock went beyond me. It was two fifty. Oh, well, it's at twenty five now. Yeah. It's going to go back to two hundred. They don't realize, you know, how how many, you know, the multiple that that stock has to go up to do that. So, uh, I, I, I hear what you said. It's a tough investing environment, and um, you know, I just try and try, especially with like, I mean, the things that we going on: geopolitical, macroeconomic. Uh, um, you know, if you get stuck in something like Twitter with the Tesla thing, I mean, you know, a, a tweet, a, you know, can move stock so much. It's just a, it's a really tough investing environment. I agree with you. What is, uh, is, is there any ability of the SEC to, to put a muzzle on this guy, Musk? It appears not. I mean, he. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Don't get me started, Chief. Um,. I, I guess not. Uh, and um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I, I was a long-time uh, holder of Twitter. Um, I'm talking, you know, <laughs> back not too long after its IPO. Wrote it up to 80. Um, it came down to, like, 55, and I was just like, 
I was like, I, I want out of this thing. You know, I've seen it go up and down. So I, I took off. Uh, I took off half of the position at fifty five. You know, because you know you're always wrong, right? The market goes up. I saw that thing go down to thirty bucks, thirty one bucks, and I'm like, oh man, what a mistake! And I tell you right now, when that market information came up, that was the easiest investment decision of my life to sell that stock. And I mean, you can't fix the internet. Okay, you can't fix Twitter. Okay, it is what it is. This is the environment people are going to have to live in. For him to think that he could do that, I've been complaining about bots on Twitter for a hundred years. You know, you're not going to change that. You're not going to change the environment. I think Twitter could be a useful instrument. I don't know how the company hasn't been able to figure it out how, but I just tell you, I was just so glad to get rid of that thing. And I mean, <laughs> it just. It, it's it's uninvestable. It's an uninvestable stock, and and, uh, and if tweets are going to move things like that, then you know I don't want to be in an issue like. Well, that. I don't, I'm not comparing it to a you know in terms of laws with a newspaper, but it, but it but it's like a newspaper in a sense that what do you what do you expect the Chicago Tribune when they were when they were the Tribune? How much money do you expect them to make? They're they're a newspaper. That's what they do. As long as long as they they generate a, a, a somewhat of a reasonable return, seven ten percent for for people, does it have to? Does every stock have to be this massive growth thing where they double every year you dump it? I mean, some companies they just get to a spot that that's what they do. You, you don't have to take over somebody else. They don't, I mean, I mean, it's 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 not like a sin to to just be a newspaper, is it? As long as you're not. As long as you're paying your bills and paying your people, and have enough to, to to do what you do. I mean, every every stock doesn't have to be, you know, uh, Litton Industries. We own you know, five hundred other companies three years later. I mean, does it? No, I mean, I think what fr- frustrates people is that you know Twitter was around before you know a lot of these companies, and a lot of these companies really accelerated their revenues, and Twitter didn't. And Twitter has the you know the usage, and we don't, we don't know now, right? How many fake accounts there are, but um, you know. So I think that's what frustrates investors. You know, mm-hmm. it's a. I mean, it's a good way to get information, but it's hard to find the good information. Well, that's true. Right? I, I don't disagree. I, There's so much crap out there. Well, There's so much the, crap out there. Every, so, every, every, um, it's everybody's pulpit. What if what if everybody in town had their own pulpit? <laughs> what would that look like? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 Chief, we agree on a lot of things. I don't think we've ever agreed on anything more. But uh, just uh, real quick, I mean, what, I, what I'm looking at, um, you know, for the week, obviously we've, we've had a, you know, a nice rally off the low. Uh, we had a close a week ago Friday, uh, around 41.20. And that's kind of where we hit the skids from. Yeah. So that's my area, you know. I, I like to see us get back up to that area and hold and sustain. And then, you know, if you're looking for more meat on the bone, uh, 4,300. Uh, I know that's 200 points away, but this market can move. And uh, that 4,300, we had a couple highs there. And then when uh, we had that wacky Wednesday with um, when they rallied the market off uh, Powell, yeah, uh, we got to that forty three hundred. So that's what I'm looking at, Chief. All right, bud. Thank you. Have a good week. Uh, All right, go blue. SP futures up sixty two. Be right back, Kenny Paul Gary. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-349. Five six. That's seven zero eight three four nine three four five six. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Money, 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 Welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. SP Futures up 62. Nasdaq is up 235. Not as much as we were earlier, but still, everything's pretty much up here. The every the only stocks in the Dow that aren't up are Walmart at bad earnings are down uh, almost 10 bucks now. Verizon down 33 cents, but Home Depot is making up for that. They're up 950 or 926. Do we have Mr. Kenny? We do. We do. I can hardly hear you though. You're talking into the mic. I'm trying. The uh, is that better? Yeah, I get you better. The uh, so did you get the call from the Fed last night and know uh, that they're putting money in today and went a little long or what'd you do? No, I did not get the call. It's just amazing to see how the markets are reacting. Nothing has changed between yesterday and today, between last week and today. Everything remains the same, right? Inflation, DPI, CPI, the Ukraine, the, the war in Ukraine, COVID, uh, uncertainty about the Fed move. Who's what? You know how fast they're going? How slow they're going? How deep is the recession going to be? When is it coming? Is it coming? All nothing has changed. Yet they're taking stocks up today with reckless abandon, like a drunken sailor, which you know just says to me that it's more of an, a, a bounce off an oversold position. I would expect the people that sell into it because I expect for the turbulence ahead. But no, I did not get the call. Well, you see, we were, you know, you must have been out late on your yacht because clear, clearly the, the, the issue the other day with, uh, where are we? We're only, we're only like, uh, Tuesday. The issue yeah. yesterday morning or was it Friday morning were bad numbers in China, but now there's right. optimism of so much growth in China 
So the entire bad news of a billion and a half people 48 hours ago is now good news. There's optimism. They're going to start importing oil again. And, oh, by the way, yeah, that's why oil's up and everybody's happy. Right, which is why I don't, and then I put in my notes, like, I pay no attention because I don't believe half the stuff that combated China in the first place. And it goes like you just said. Yesterday it was bad news because industrial production and consumer spending was falling off the falling off the charts. And then this morning, suddenly there's a massive demand in China. And when COVID pandemic subsides, oh, it's going to be so out of control. Oh, and by the way, Europeans are banning Russian oil, and OPEC says we can't replace it, so expect oil to surge higher, which it's doing. Um, you know, it broke up through resistance at 113. I pointed that out in my note yesterday morning. I said, watch this. If it breaks out, it's going 120. And right now it's at 115 and 70 cents a barrel on its way to test 120. So, you know, it's just more, it's just more, I don't want to word, use the word manipulation, but that's what it feels like, right? One day they blame it on China. The next day they blame it on China. Whatever. Well, I like that. I love the part when, the Arabs and you and I, we, God, I think we talked about this. That'd be, oil was way down. Didn't we talk briefly? It was we didn't do a whole show on it or anything, but about how how many people in Saudi Arabia are like on the dole, and how people you know how the, the first cousin gets a plane, the second cousin gets like a a Volkswagen. Every, everybody's getting money from the, from the royal family. When the oil prices got way down, a bunch of people got cut off, or you got your essentially your allowance drop. Well, now oil's, yeah. up to, oil's up to, like, huge numbers. And we have people here that, are we, are we really this dumb where we think that we have to encourage the Saudis to produce more oil? Do we have to do we have to tell somebody to produce as much as they can when the prices are at record high? I don't, I don't think we do. <laughs> I think they're going to figure that out themselves. <laughs> or is it just me? We think they're going to figure it out themselves. It's unbelievable, right? No, they don't. In my opinion, they're only going higher because it is true. Once China stops its stupidity with the with the COVID lockdown, and um, you know demand starts to pick up, it's going to pick up everywhere. I think you know in our economy, while I think we're going to have a tough time in the market, our economy I don't believe is going to fall out of bed unless, of course, they force a really bad recession. Then we'll see you know demand for oil and energy, all that stuff pull back. But you know if they can if they can somehow manage it, you know kind of a semi hard landing, maybe not a crash, but certainly not a soft landing. Um, demand for energy is going to is going to remain not only in this country but around the world. Well, I think also, but at these at these prices, if you allow things to play out, I mean, well, if use an economic term, oil is probably one of the most inelastic commodities in the short term. It's also one of the most elastic in the long term. I mean, if people yeah. have a, an idea that it's going to be a hundred dollar oil a year from now, the production everywhere is going to be higher. Yeah. Now the question is, are we going to be are are we going to Keep not letting. Well, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go into the pipeline thing because I don't think that did anything. The one stupid pipeline that was Canadian oil to New Orleans, um, yeah. or, but that, but the idea that we're going to somehow cut back on any sort of oil production because of a green movement while we're using more and more, I somehow or other somebody's got to get their head screwed on straight. I mean, if yeah, not, I mean, yeah, not happening. There's I mean, no way. I listen. I'm all supportive of the green movement. I'm all supportive of saving the planet. I'm all supportive of that stuff. But it's not happening this year, next year. Honestly, I doubt it's happening even in my lifetime, right? Oh, I don't I'm think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. So what do I got? Maybe I got 20 years to go. I think it's probably about 20 years away. Well, it's, you know, the, you, 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 there are places. Plus, we always keep this idea that if, if I can stop my neighbor from running his gas lawnmower, 
You got yeah. you got a billion and a half people in China. How many in Italy or Italy, uh, India? They're, they're they're putting up coal plants by the by the dozens. I mean, you know, what are we doing? There's there's no question that we that we over a period of time should be using less and less and less. And we we certainly I don't think there's anybody who disagrees with that. I agree. And then there's areas of this country where we have. I mean, Kenny, when I drove my pickup truck up from from uh, uh, Tucson where I bought it. And I was going across the uh, northern Arizona and New Mexico, relentless wind and sun. And I'm thinking, why are we using a diesel locomotive here, for God's sake? For this, for this 400 miles or 500 miles, you and I should be in the business. We should go buy, you know, 25 electric locomotives, which they are. That you can, we used to use them in World War II all the time. And this, this should be electrified. Get some solar panels out here. What do you need a diesel out here for? You know. I mean, there's stuff we could do here on the edges that at the end of 10 years would make a huge difference. We're not doing any of those intelligent things that I know of. I I hear you. I hear you. So we'll see how that happens, but I agree. We're not doing it. Well, I mean, we have where we can't wait to shut down more nukes here in the Chicago, in the Chicago area, Commonwealth Edison. And I think that we should figure out a way to get Zion going again. And why don't we electrify our commuter rails? Right. It's, it's, it's better anyway. Are your commuter rails out there in Chicago not electrified? Uh, just one is. I see. All the rest are diesel. Oh, really? Yeah, I see. Is uh, well, then we have we have the last all the way up to uh, all the way up to uh, uh, like Brewster, and then beyond Brewster, they're uh, you know they're not they're they're diesel powered. Matter of fact, they're you got me into my my wheelhouse, Kenny. They're the only interurban commuter line left in the country. Is Chicago, South Shore, and South Bend, that's electrified. That's electrified. Now, we get a load of this. When, when, at Pullman, now you're from Boston. Do you remember the uh, the Purple Line cars? Yeah. Uh, we built those. That was my, that was my, I was the financial manager for that project. And you no know, kidding. And you know, your people from Boston uh, required us in the build, since Boston was allegedly going to electrify their computer commuter lines. So yeah. those cars, which if they haven't been rebuilt, they got to be throwing them out by now. Uh, those cars had a reinforced roof, and they now what do you what do you call the thing on top for the, the grabs the electric? I don't know. What do you what do you call that? That's called the pantograph. Okay. So we had a reinforced roof to hold the pantograph, and in those trucks on those cars, whether they, we re- redefine the trucks so there's rooms in there. All you got to do is the raceways from the top to the bottom are there. Although, uh, not the wiring, but the wiring raceways are all there to hang electric motors in the bottom, throw a pantograph on the top, and those things could be electrified inside of two weeks. And that was 40 years ago, and they're still not electrified. Yeah. But they were all, they were all, we were all good to go. Those, those cars could have been electrified, I'm going to say it would have been a, a two week rehab, maybe. I bet you didn't yeah. know that. Yet, the, where's, where's the project? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's nowhere. It's no. Yeah. So is this sustainable? Or um, I guess the question is: Is it a? Are we in a? We were in the buy the dips. Are we? <clears throat> we were looking for a rally to sell. Is that what we're doing now? I mean, we're. I think we're. Yeah, I think we're. Uh, I think the, this rally is going to be sold. I think we're going to test as high as forty two hundred, maybe forty two twenty. Because if you draw a, a trend line, a down trending trend line off the S and P, that's just about where it hit. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we, if we, you know, move the test that's 200 points away. 
So it might be a little bit aggressive. There are more people calling for, you know, the mid-4100s before we fail. Um, and while I'm not, while I don't think it's impossible to fail before that, I think if we don't and we get there, that's where it will fail. Um, and, you know, the markets will continue to pressure out. Um, so we get a, a better handle on, you know, what the Fed policy will. By the way, did you see Bernanke's, did you see Bernanke's interview yesterday with... Uh, I, re- I read about it. Oh, my God. Andy Ross talking. I can't stand it. But, you know, he's out there calling out Jay Powell, saying, you know, that they, they missed it, they missed the opportunity, they acted too slow, blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of, kind of, you know, what felt like he was throwing the poor guy under the bus. And then noting that J.J. was there during May of 2013 when we had the temper tantrum, which was so uncomfortable because the S&P sold off by 7.5%. And that Jay Powell didn't want that to happen again, so he takes you in the back room, he makes you lay on the couch, he gives you a Xanax, he holds your hand, he makes, makes sure you're okay, can we, do you think we can move without upsetting you too much, blah, 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 all that crap. And now look what they've done. They've created a situation where the market is imploding, the, S- the, 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 the NASDAQ's down 25%, the S&P's down 18%, the Dow, the Treadwoods, the Russell, all down double digits, um, and, and, it looks like make the May thirteenth temperature to look like a pimple on your backside. Well, that's right, and uh, I love when he says they didn't. Re- How do you recognize something that you caused? Right, exactly. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that the swimming pool is leaking. Well, you're the one who filled it up. Oh, oops. Can <laughs> <laughs> you take care of yourself? Enjoy that yacht. I'm still waiting for my invite. I will talk to you next Goodbye. week. Buddy. SP futures up fifty eight. Nasdaq futures up two thirty. Back, Mr. Wayne Manson. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, 
or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Blowing over by stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Howe. Eliani on the board. SP futures up 62. Nasdaq futures up 237. And no, these are not as up as much as we came in, but still not bad. Do we have a... Uh, Mr. Wayne Matson, Wayne, are you here? Yes, what? I am here. Good, good to talk to you. I, I haven't talked to you in so long. I even got one of my dark web guys to get me a list of names that people used to know that are now in gulags, going to Guantanamo, and other places. And I checked to see if you were there, and you weren't. So you're here. I, I've been I've been fortunate so far. Uh, yes, uh, I do like tropical weather, but uh, I I would exclude Guantanamo. On my bucket list. God, is that place ever going to close? Uh, you know, the the lease on the lease on that base expired in 1999. We had a 99 year lease. Uh, we used to send money to Cuba for the lease, including to uh, Fidel Castro, but he never cashed the check. Uh, so we're we're in that we're in Guantanamo now. We're squatters. We we shouldn't be there. Not legal. Well, the uh, we had a, we had a guest, um, and you, you probably know the guy if I could remember his name. He was the attorney who would fly down w- w- like once every couple months. They actually fly a plane down there of uh, judges and attorneys and everybody else down. He'd, he'd done death penalty cases, so he, he represents a lot of these guys. And evidently, right. there's there's like they were down to twenty some or thirty some people last time he was on with us. He said ten or twelve of them they know never did anything anywhere. They were they were never going to And he said they but their their home, whether they from wherever they came from, the villages and stuff have been decimated. Nope. The country doesn't want them back because they don't want anybody back. We don't want them here. Right. And I said, Well what do they do? Work at the place? They have a job? He goes, No. The only place for them was like in their cell. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. We, we know they didn't do anything wrong, these ten or twelve guys. And, and yet here if you t- if you tell the story to anybody, they, everybody will say, Well, they must be guilty of something. Well no, they're not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, the least they could do is provide them some cocktails with the paper umbrellas, and yeah. you know, um, you know. So, yeah. So, are they still doing it? They're still going down there, like every couple of months, and making a show of it. I, I suppose so. I, I, I just saw that uh, the Biden administration has lifted the uh, um, air restrictions on flights to, well, not Gitmo, but uh, to Cuba. So. Um, yeah, maybe these guys ought to walk across the, uh, through the gate and see if things are better on the other side. <laughs> I don't think they could be much worse. What is with all this, all the crazy stuff going on? What the, what, what are you focusing on? I mean, uh, is your buddy still wor- with you, working with you? Oh yes, absolutely. Uh, a- a- Andrew Craig is yeah. uh, actually just uh, came out with an article on this. Uh, John Durham investigation. A lot of people probably forgot, but in the Justice Department, there is a 
uh, William Barr, Donald Trump uh, a prosecutor, who is uh, investigating um, uh, supposedly how the Democrats targeted Trump in 2016 and, and concocted the Russia uh, the Russia hoax scandal. And, uh, of course, uh, my friend An- Andrew, he has gone back and looked at Durham's record as a U.S. attorney in Connecticut and found out he's, a, he's basically a, uh, a corrupted prosecutor, uh, for lack of a better term, a dirty cop. And uh, this has gotten uh, quite a bit of attention in D.C. Is anybody straight out there? Or what, what happens to people when they... Not, not, not since I moved out of Washington, no. <laughs> well, the reason the reason why I ask, uh, Wayne, and, and, and you know, I don't. We always kid around a lot, but this is this is. I'm going to say reasonably serious, uh, or as serious as I can be. We had uh, there's a gentleman who's a mayor of uh, of uh, Orland Park here, and he's a Republican, and he's running. They did no matter if you, but Chicago, Chicago and Illinois just had a lot of. We lost a guy, a, a, a legislator, so. There was this massive redistricting that would have been caused by the census anyway, but but it because we lost somebody, it caused really a, a big shift in all these districts, right? So this guy is now running for a district uh, that now includes Orland that didn't before, you know, kind of a, a deal. And he's, you know, uh, obviously he's Republican. He did a terrific job as mayor. Nice guy. Everybody likes him. I mean, he's, he's an older dude, a veteran, you know, type of thing. And uh, he's... He was on, and he, he's looking to do something his first term, and not not just be a wallflower. In the meantime, I go to this thing for this Democratic lady. And, well, that guy's name is uh, Keith uh, uh, Pico. And last week, I go to this thing for this Democratic lady, Karen Norrington Reeves, and she's running for Bobby Rush's old spot, of which there's 17 right. people on the, on the Democratic primary. There's like six in the Republic. So, I mean, you and I are the only people not running for that spot, basically. And, <laughs> You know what? She seems very well spoken, very bright. She's been involved in job creation, that part, the public private partnership, and every place she's gone appears that they've they've helped people get jobs, training, and everything. So she's an accomplished person too, of a totally different yeah. career path than the than the guy in, in Orland. But what struck me about both of them is they seem very willing, very willing, and very very able to talk to each other. And, uh, yeah, and that's that's been lost uh, largely. Uh, we see that uh, with some of the primaries uh, in in the other states right now. Um, uh, you know, there's some real crazies <laughs> running for office, and uh, you know, I, I i i used to i used to cover scandals in in Washington, uh, but they 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 seem like jaywalking infractions. Uh, now compared to what I was uh, looking at. Well, my, I guess my question is: let's let's say they both win. I mean, who knows? Neither one of them could come close. But say they both win, and they get there, and they they're older people. They're not they're not twenty five. You know, we're, right? And so they're and they're not looking to just sit at the end of the bench and do anything for two years. What what happens to people like that? Because I, I honestly believe Wayne that a real lot of good representatives get elected. Every year, from maybe not from Chicago, but from other places, and uh, and what happens after two or three terms where you get down to there's there's this group that seems to hang in there forever. They got everybody's got money in their pocket. They're they're bought and sold ten times a day. Yeah. What 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 what's is is there a time where somebody has to say I either got to become that or I got to go back home? I and mean, what happens? 
I, I think, unfortunately, that does happen to a lot. They get too used to the perks and the money. Uh, and, you know, these campaign war chests now with the Supreme Court basically ruling uh, yesterday that, uh, or maybe the day before that, you know, once the, the, these campaign war chests are, are basically their personal slush fund accounts, which is kind of legalizing bribery of politicians. I, I would say that happens a lot, but I also have known some very good uh, um, members of the Senate, of the House, and people in local politics who are really calling old school, but they're out to try to improve the situation. Now, that's getting very hard today with, uh, you know, uh, threats made against members of school boards for, for various reasons, uh, city councils, county boards of supervisors. It's uh, it, it's dangerous uh, for people who are trying to do a good job because it seems like people want to uh, hear all the crazy conspiracy stuff uh, from their elected officials. Well, I think I think Wayne, that uh, from from my point of view, and you know, I think it's why we enjoy talking. We come to, come at the world from two totally different directions. I mean, mine is if you, if you just follow the money, you you I mean, I'm, I'm a behavioral economist, not a I mean, if you ask me what the GDP is going to be next year, I, I don't know. That's not my. It's somebody else's job. But I was. I'm from the Paul Stigler school, and uh, and the when you every, virtually everybody has seen in their lifetime, I mean, people that are our age, every ten years in a lot of ways, not medical care and things like that, because we seems like we get better all the time. But in a lot of ways, somebody there, there's not a general growth at all. Um, in, in things, there's people that work hard. I mean, you know, you get a family, you can still get a house. It's not, it's not horrible. I mean, I'm not, don't get me wrong, but you see a general growth that some people are just pulling away from the pack. And the attitude when I grew up, it wasn't. Now, honestly, if people feel that if if somebody's making a lot of money, it's because they got an angle and they're either in bed with government or stealing it from somebody else. You know, this idea that people are getting there on their own. People just have a different attitude. Every every politician lies to them. I mean, I mean, Donald Trump was right. You know, everybody lies to you, and, and people who, you know, the, that man lied more than anybody I've ever come across. And yet, I have people very yeah. close to me that are that are Trumpers and say every one of these guys has always lied. Why is he any worse? I mean, can, yeah. Can, yeah. can there can there be degrees of lying? I mean, no matter what, everybody's taxes always go up. I mean, their, their income always seems to go down relative to other people. I mean, ninety percent of the economy has been in a recession for ten years or twenty years. And yet, right. and uh, so I mean, it, there, there's this there's this general economic malaise, in my opinion, that's been around for quite a while. And the only thing that saves you is if you get if you get some stock that runs up. So everybody's chasing that because you, every everybody you know, Wayne, that has a million bucks, if they if they put it in the bank at the end of the year, they're going to have nine hundred thousand, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it, I'm know. looking at all the people who are championing. Uh, Bitcoin and these yeah. other cryptocurrencies, and you know, just just to have a reason to look at the value, I I, I bought ten dollars worth of Bitcoin, and I, you know, it's almost like when you go into a casino, and and if you really want, you know, if you lose money, you go to the slot machines because it's the same thing. They yeah, they'll let you win a little bit up front, but you know, before long, the algorithm kicks in. And you're never going to uh, get ahead, you know. And then you're trying to recoup your losses uh, by throwing more money in the stupid machine. Well, if you're if you're up, 
you you at some point you've got to say I'm out of here if you're up. Right? You, I, you I did that up. one. I did that one time at a casino in Atlantic City. I I went down. I said, oh, I you know I got I got a pocket full of quarters here. I I maxed them out. I won seventy five bucks and I got back in my car and drove home. <laughs> we went to uh, my. We were down giving a seminar in the Bahamas. Just, that's how how crazy things were in two thousand, right? Where people would, uh, we weren't. These other people give this this seminar, and we went down because we set up a booth in the back as a securities firm. And I, I would always talk about uh, protecting your portfolio, and my brother would talk about how markets work, and you know, choosing your broker, and when you put an order in, all all the different orders, and you know, what does the stop loss mean? What is this thing? Because people use them all the time and have no idea what they are. I mean, a lot of people don't. So. I mean, he, he he would actually spend an hour and a half saying, "This is how you enter these orders. This is how it, where it goes. How many people touch it? You know, it's different now, but we, but that's you know, the same principle." And uh, so we go over to the Atlantis, and uh, which is quite a place. I've never been there. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd want to stay on that bridge. <laughs> I mean, for those that don't know, they got two towers. And there's a bridge between the two towers. It's called what the Michael Jordan Bridge. That's his suite or something. Anyway, but I always get the feeling that if a hurricane ever hit that place, what if these two towers like went the other way, like a foot and a half? What does that thing go right down? I, I would want to stay there ever. Is that just me? <laughs> that it would wind up like the it would wind up like the original Atlantis under underwater. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Audrey goes over to the slot machine and she throws like I don't know. Well, for those of you that don't, one of the reasons why casinos do so well is, is they up up play you all the time. And if you go to the nickel slot, in order to get the best odds, you got to put five nickels in, right? So you're, it's really the quarter slot. Right. So if you go to the quarter slot, it's really the dollar slot because you got to put four or five quarters in to get the best. Anyway, so I don't know what she's playing, but she, she wins like 30 bucks or 40 bucks. And she she says, oh, well, should I take my dough? I said, well, yeah, you're, you're on a roll. Give the machine one more chance. Well, of course, now the thing's going beep, beep, beeping. And, uh, you know, this is this is not the the bazillion dollar slot. Then there's this thing where you get to spin it, whether you get ten times your reward or something. And she won like I don't know, fifty bucks. So the the thing it's it's one to ten. So she wins like five hundred dollars to where the machine can't pay it. And the guy comes out and he counts the five hundred out in her hand, and she goes, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aren't you? Yeah. Uh, they don't. Aren't you? They don't like people like that in the casino. No, I said. <laughs> I said, so I gave the guy twenty bucks because she didn't. I said, why should I tip the guy? Well, because he, came, he walked out and gave me the cash. Come on, you, what are you doing? You know, so I gave the guy twenty bucks. I, so I'm out twenty on the deal. I was like, right. <laughs> imagine that. She's up five hundred. I'm down twenty. I'm like, how does this work? <laughs> anyway, now you think I get my cut for saying give it one more shot? There was no cut. Just saying. Yeah. Anyway, so well, we, we got to get the twenty. Probably had to pay someone else uh, ten. <laughs> well, that's that's the way the world works. So, what is uh, what is going on behind the scenes and the uh, Ukraine thing? I mean, uh, uh, well, you know, first of all, I mean, I mean real, real stupid question: When the Congress people go over there to fly, how do how do is that a military jet they take? Well, how do they get there? No, no, there's no flying into Ukraine. It's a no. Basically, there's a no fly. It's not an imposed no fly zone. It's just too dangerous to fly. Over Ukraine. So what they normally do is they they go into Poland and then they uh, 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 drive into Lviv, which is in western Ukraine. It's been hit by the Russians, but uh, they, they, then they take a train from Lviv to uh, 
uh, keys, and that that train uh, uh, is, is hours long. I think it's an eight. It may be an eight, six to eight hour trip, and of course, you run the risk of being hit by um, uh, Russian air attacks or missile attacks. So that's how they get in there. They get in by train, and they leave by train. You're saying McConnell, uh, but McConnell and these guys were on this train in, in Ukraine the last couple of days. I, I assume that they went there the same way that um, other. You know, leaders have gone in there, uh, including uh, our Secretary of Defense Austin and uh, Secretary of State Blinken. They went the same way. Um, so it's, uh, but it, it's beginning to look like you know. You think about the worst uh, military uh, decisions in history, and you think of the, the three invasions of, of Russia by uh, King Charles the Twelfth of Sweden, uh, Napoleon, and Hitler. And they all were debacles. Uh, and now it looks like we've got that in reverse where the Russians decided to invade Ukraine. And they basically uh, uh, have had their butts handed to them. Uh, the Ukrainians have now pushed to the border. Uh, and um, um, uh, uh, the, the, the word is that Russia's lost one-third of its ar- army in Ukraine. Uh, the, the other thing is uh, there's a lot of dissension now because of the death count. Uh, among Russian forces and the injured, um, that uh, some of their uh, improvements to their, uh, for example, tanks, uh, they got messed over by these contractors uh, that are owned by oligarchs close to Putin, where they were doing shoddy work on uh, rearmoring, uh, uh, you know, tanks and personnel carriers and whatnot. And uh, these, these were just sitting ducks for. Um, Ukrainian forces, so uh, there's going to. I think there's going to be a lot of paybacks coming in Russia, and uh, I, I certainly want wouldn't want to be the company that was using, for example, uh, egg cartons uh, painted green, and then uh, saying that that's our that's our armor on the tank. Well, I uh, I actually read some of the listeners have sent me some of this stuff, and I've and I've and I've read some of it, Wayne. I, and you know it, it it somewhat makes sense i mean whenever uh i don't know, you, you, you you like to but when you and i get to get to our age you you start to get a feeling of of this all works together I mean, nothing nothing does maybe when you get older and you have aches and pains you realize that the whole body's linked together somehow and if there's if you got a problem in one part you got a problem everywhere then when you see some oligarch with a 90 bazillion dollar yacht that was in charge of uh uh, like you say, building tanks, maybe all the money that was supposed to go into the tank might have gone into the yacht instead, right? Yeah, I think that's probably what happened. <laughs> Which is I mean, it's, it's essentially what this article said. What went wrong over there? It was a list of about ten things. Corruption, corruption, corruption. And they, and they labeled like ten spots where the money didn't go here. The, the, this, these bullets are defective. I mean, it's it, it starts at the top all the way down. I mean, I don't I don't, uh, here, I don't think that anybody, I mean, it's not that we don't have guys here that, like, I don't think anybody would ever, uh, not make, make horrible body armor for our SEALs just to make an extra buck. I, I can't imagine an American doing that, but it probably somebody. But in Russia, evidently, nobody, it's stealing from the state as a national sport. Right. It sounds like the one, the one da- most dangerous job in Russia would be, uh, you know, a government auditor. To look for that kind of fraud. Of course, we do have that, and I think that is one of the things that makes us different. But 
you know, I think uh, probably a lot of the auditors in Russia have found themselves being thrown out of windows. So you know, the on the from the twentieth story. But I, I'm surprised, kind of, that the there's always somebody. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've read the was the first. Uh, was the Hunt for Red October the first one that uh, Clancy wrote? Or, I remember reading Red Storm Rising and uh, the people. Uh, I, 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 yeah, the Hunt for Red October was the first. The Red Storm Rising was the second. Anyway, but it was, that was do, second, right? But it had to do. But the, the people over there recognized the uh, at least in the book they recognized the corruption, and didn't they? They went out and they found a, a young tank commander that everybody knew was the best tank commander, but because he wasn't corrupt. He didn't work up through the ranks. So they sent, didn't they go get him with the job? The first thing he did was execute all the people <laughs> ahead of him because he knew they were all corrupt. And it, it took, it took him like a year to whip the tank corps into, into shape with all the, this time they don't, does Putin not recognize how this, I mean, the, all you had to do is read the book for God's sake. Yeah, there, there's a lot, I, for, I understand there's a lot of dissension. You know, Putin, started calling the military shots that sounds like another guy who didn't have much experience in the military basically second guessing his generals uh, and you know that was that was Hitler uh, who the generals looked on as a oh he's just a he's just an you know Austrian corporal what does he know and and apparently the some of the Russian senior ranks are saying the same thing about Putin they're saying this guy was a KGB guy he wasn't out you know in the field uh you know uh in the military you know sitting there uh with a duty free card in in east germany uh living a good life and uh i think we're going to see <laughs> I, my prediction is there's going to be a some sort of i don't think it'll be a coup necessarily but i think there'll be a change in government they may let putin stay there if he especially if he's dying of whatever they say it could be blood cancer. Others say Parkinson's. Uh, they may leave him there as figurehead, but uh, I think uh, we may see the military take control. Well, are they, they're not. Do you think there's a chance they withdraw? What's your What's your opinion of the end game? How does this end? Well, I think they they, they realize the Russians realize that the, they've lost a third of their army. They've got, uh, you know, they 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 just got hammered in Ukraine. Now, if you're Russia. You're looking at protecting a country that goes uh, uh, stands eleven time zones. They got to be worried about what's going on in Asia, which you know China claims all of Siberia as as Chinese territory. Right now would be the perfect time for China to say, "Hey, we're going to take back what we think is ours." So, sorry. <laughs> why, why would anybody want Siberia? I guess there's, there's minerals. Uh, minerals. The minerals. Uh, rich in resources. That's why Russia keeps control of the area. And, and now with rare earth minerals, they say that Siberia, it, 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 and of course oil and all the other things we know about, but the rare earth minerals for, you know, batteries. And they're, that's a big uh, big commodity now. The uh, what's, uh, what do you, We don't have much time. What about... Midterm elections, uh, uh, and, and also, what is what is your opinion of, of Biden's health? You hear so much back and forth. Uh, is he okay or no? Uh, I think he's fine, but look at his age. I mean, he's pushing 80 years old. Um, we've seen other countries go to their elder statesmen 
for leadership. The Gaul, certainly France did it with the Gaul. Britain did it with Churchill um, after he was beaten after World War II. He came back as prime minister. Uh, India always seems to uh, bring in old prime ministers. Uh, I think he's got a lot on his plate. Uh, and uh, But, look, I think he has faced more than most presidents. Uh, not only a pandemic, uh, he's, he's faced a, 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 an economic uh, situation. Uh, which he inherited, and uh, and now this uh, uh, you know a resurgent Russia. Um, it's it's amazing he he, he uh, finds time to handle all these. But I I, I think uh, look he also on his speech pattern he he's been stuttering his entire life, yeah. and it may be that he's getting older. That's getting worse. Uh, he had some control over it. And he may not have as much now. Is he? Uh well, last question. We got to let you. Boy, let's not be so long before you're back. Uh, I, uh, I, what, what is is he getting any help? I mean, when, when you when you say, you know, I'm, I'm only going to appoint an, an old gray-haired Irish guy from the South Side to a spot. It kind of leaves out a lot of people. Is is he have the best and brightest around him, or are they just whatever's political? I good? sometimes wonder with this inflation problem that these people that live. Uh, in nice neighborhoods in the D.C. area really know what the price of things are. They send their, of course, maids and, you know, other people out to buy groceries for them. I, I think he may need to bring some people in his inner circle that have a, a better understanding of uh, how people are being impacted by, uh, especially inflation, high gas prices and that. Wayne, thank you very much, buddy. We, we will. Tra- I promise to track you down again. I loved it as usual. I'd like to talk to your buddy too. Plus, you guys threatened to buy me a drink, maybe three years ago. Uh, yes, back. we're we're still threatening to go on a road trip, uh, uh, like the Blues Brothers, and and, and head into Chicago. Well, you're gonna get on. You're gonna go on a micro bus, a little VW bus. You, I could see you guys in one of those. <laughs> that would, yeah, we could do that too. God, take care of yourself, buddy. SP Futures up you 55, too. NASDAQ Futures up 217. Um, thank you for finding him, Eliani. Uh, Wayne's always the best. We'll be right back, Mr. Hel- Professor Helsnar. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. 
I'm sure you are aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we have always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Giants. I'm Tom Eliani on the board. SP futures up 57. SP futures up 220. Dow futures up 357. We came in, we're, we're higher than this. We just had retail sales came out, uh, 0.9% versus 1%. Uh, X Auto is, uh, up 0.6% versus 0.4 estimated. Who are these estimators? Who are these alligators? Richard J. Daly. Uh, over in Europe we've got, uh, DAX up 214, 1.5, slightly lower than when the last time we looked. Putsy up 55.75%. Kakaran up 74, 1.17. They were up like 1.4 a little while ago. We're in Asia. Now these haven't changed. They're way up. Nikkei up 112.4%. Shanghai up 20.6%. But Hang Seng is the big one. Up 652, 3.2%. Now last week they had a couple of really big down days. So we'll give the Hang Seng report tomorrow to where they are. They're the ones that really fly over there. Yesterday uh, Dow was up 26. S&P down 15. NASDAQ was down 142, and we got the NASDAQ up 217 now, so they've up, picked that up uh, plus some. Uh, bonds up 6 basis points, 2.94. The Bund uh, over 1% at 1.02. The Japan, uh, same thing, 0.25. So they don't, they never, they never move. Uh, oil down 10 cents now. It was up earlier, 114.10. Ran up 8 cents, 114.32. Natural gas up 35 cents, 4.5%, 8.3%. It, it's, Eight eight dollars and thirty cents. I'm sorry. Our Bob down a penny, uh, four bucks. Uh, was up. That was up earlier. So we've had a, a turn down here in oil. Gold up fifteen forty eighteen twenty nine. Silver up fourteen cents twenty one seventy. Copper up six cents four twenty five. We've got Bitcoin up seven eighty to thirty thousand uh, four seven nine. Reinforced traffic weather sports. Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.35 a.m. on May 17th. Let's actually start with sports. Looking at baseball, Cubs beat the Pirates last night. Uh, massive win, 9-0. White Sox beat the Royals last night, 5-3. And Diamondbacks lose to Dodgers uh, last night, 4-5. Looking at weather in Chicago, currently sunny, 55, with a high of 66. Low, 52. And Phoenix, currently sunny, 76, with a high of 101 and a low of 73. 
Uh, looking at traffic in Chicago, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 83 North all the way to downtown, approaching the 290 I-94 construction intersect. Traffic westbound on 290 between Western and Route 45 South. We have traffic northbound on 294 between West 127th and Irving Park Road. Traffic eastbound on I-90 between Lee Street and Lawrence and westbound between Lawrence and Cumberland. We have traffic eastbound on I-94 between West Dempster and Canalport and westbound between 130th all the way to West Dempster. Traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and the South Lakeshore Drive ramp and traffic southbound on 55 between South Damon and South Central. Uh, We have traffic northbound on 57 between Route 83 and the 94 East ramp. Traffic northbound on Lakeshore between uh, East 31st Street and East Grand and southbound between Michigan Avenue and East McFederich. Back to you, Chief. We have the professor. Hey, morning, Tom. How are you, buddy? I got my headset finally working. You sound good? Wait a minute. <laughs> Sounds very good. Yes, 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 yes. You sound way better. Right. Last, week, last week I had the mute button on. That's why you couldn't hear me very well. <laughs> That'll do it. Well, if you, if, if, you, if you mute yourself, yeah, it kind of makes it hard to hear you. <laughs> Just saying, you know. Even even I know that. Uh, and then Eliani yeah. doesn't think I'm the electronic genius by by far. The uh, <laughs> uh, hey, a uh, couple questions since we have the professor on here. Uh, retail sales is there a is there a uh, discounter in there or is that just uh, gross? Well, I think uh, I did some analysis uh, on the CPI and the PPI, and, and you know the PPI uh, number is pretty high, right? Yeah. So when I when I checked out the uh, when I checked out the relationships, uh, I found something pretty interesting. Uh, up until 1990, 1950-1990, the correlation between the PPI quarterly the previous month and the CPI of the current month, its correlation was uh, a point six. But after 1990, there's kind of a detangling of the two, and it drops to point three. So if you use this pre-1990 model, inflation should probably be around 12.4%. So I think uh, it tends to inflate sales numbers in the current period over the previous year quite a bit. Um, what, I've, what I've seen in the, I didn't used to, well, for years, we didn't ever look at any of this stuff, right? Uh, the PPI, the thing that shocks me, or was stunning to me, um, is the, the bifurcation between the goods side and the service side. I think that's kind of what you're picking up there. Now, as a, yeah, yeah. Because right now, for the last three months, the good side has been over 2% a month on average. The service side has barely moved. So basically, if you, I guess what it's telling you is if you're in my business, uh, the money management business, or if you're in a uh, lawyer business or the, or the professor business, you're, you're a service. Guess what? You're not paid any more than you were three months ago, but the cost of stuff coming into your office that you're buying is six percent oh. higher, which is exactly yeah, it's pretty brutal right now. Yeah, which is exactly what according we're to, both seeing. According to the recent uh, quarters, the PPI inflation is like twenty percent. It's crazy. Oh, oh the you, Fed. I got that from the Fed. Yeah, if you look for the, at the good side, it's averaging yeah. like over two percent a month. Yeah. But then the service side isn't moving hardly at all. So when they come out, yeah. as a matter of fact, the one month, it, it, but the the service side is twice as big as the good side. So mm-hmm. the, so the one month where the PPI was like uh, it was really low, it was because the service side was actually like down a little bit, and that's two thirds of the number. And even though the good side was up like two point three, it came out to be you know point five or something, something small. 
where you think you're okay. But if you, if you, but the good side is the one that, that piles its way through to the CPA. Probably not so much the service side, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you if you get a raise, that's not going into the, the price of cornflakes. But if on the well, I mean, that, that, that does make sense because I mean, uh, you look at food. I mean, you got issues with grain. You got issues with fertilizer. Um, the FDA shuts down that uh, uh, baby formula plant back in February because of. Uh, an issue with uh, bacteria, uh, allegedly bacteria in the in the formula, and now they're just starting to get up and running again. I don't think that happens on the service side, right? No. Yeah. No, if one law firm goes out, people cheer. Yeah. And then uh, you took a look at services like Netflix and whatnot. I mean, they don't have the same kind of cost structures that, you know, food manufacturers have. And food and and gasoline are really uh, brutalizing the consumer right now. It's probably causing a lot of people to ship to Walmart. Well, I, I'm going to say I, that I would think I would think that I've been estimating all along, and I'll love your comment that in, because of the industries, my observation, which again is you know that in thirty cents will get your phone call if you can find a phone, uh, is that Home Depot has done a way better job at. And, and, and Lowe's and, well, here at least we got Menards, uh, have done a way better job of cart, making that industry into a cartel than the other stuff. I mean, Walmart, as big as they are, everything they do is pretty darn competitive. So, yeah. from, the, from day one, as this inflation started to be a real problem, my prediction was that Home Depot, not that I, you know, bought one and sorted the other and I got pairs trade, that the Home Depot would do way better than Walmart. And I think that's being borne out. That Walmart, Home Depot can raise the price whatever they damn well please. Yeah. I'm never going back after I paid eight dollars for a bulb a month ago and found there was a buck and a half online. So I'm gonna, I've shifted all my shopping to, to anywhere else I can go. But uh, well, you know, Walmart has been pretty good at keeping prices kind of low during the pandemic. I would find something on Amazon because we, we use Amazon quite a bit. We use uh, Walmart's grocery app quite a bit, right? Because we have four kids, and it's kind of hard to go to the grocery store in here. we got four kids in the car. And I found that Walmart prices were uh, a lot more stable and usually tend to be a lot lower than a place like Amazon. I mean, you look at Amazon Baby Formula. It's like, uh, it's crazy in terms of prices, right? But I think Walmart does a really good job of trying to keep the prices low, which I never understood why people would vilify vilify Walmart, because I thought Walmart was one of the greatest anti-poverty tools from the U.S. economy. Well, it depends, and then they, but then when people get big, it's like Amazon. If you were to interview, yeah. I'm not saying your your class. If you were to interview a lot of younger people, sorry, Eliani, they would say, "Why, you know, why is Amazon worth so much?" And they'd say, "Well, as soon as they drive everybody out of business, they're going to raise all the prices." <laughs> okay, yeah, that that, that yeah. was the, that was the business model, right? So now all of a sudden, Walmart is the only store in town. What prevents them from saying, hey, you know, we could really inch these prices up a little bit. There's really nobody else around. I think some of these people are, are finding out how much monopoly power they have. Yeah. I mean, uh. But, you know, so far, so far, Walmart's done a pretty good job of keeping things low. At least from what I can tell. Well, I think the internet helps that out because you can at least compare. Yeah. But, I mean, people, yeah. people swear by Amazon, and I, I, I don't think I've ever bought anything. I bought one thing from Amazon, and, and I was just. Well, I buy more than just. 
consumer goods from Amazon. We, we I've, I was buying groceries from Amazon. Yeah, that's um, what I do. You it know, too. things like you know, pancake powder and uh, like cake mixes and whatnot. You know, stuff that's really easy to make. Um, and I was comparing the two, and uh, Amazon was much higher than Walmart. Well, I'm saying everything. I, most of the stuff I buy online. Uh, I, I got caught, and nobody needs to hear this, but we first started the radio show. Uh, somehow or another, whoever, whatever group we were going through needed a certain server, and they uh, it had to be an Apple server. Now, I, don't even, I don't even know Apple made servers. but So, of course, I had, I had to go online. I found this on Amazon. I buy this server. It was a lot of dough. The thing didn't work. Amazon basically told me to pound sand because... Uh, well, Apple did because it was out of warranty. I said I bought it last week. Oh yeah, but it's an old unit. So I, oh, dude, Amazon. Yeah. My 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 wife, she's a great Amazon customer. They don't want to lose her, man. They they need to go out of their way to make her happy. They, they do. They told me it was between me and Apple, and it wasn't wasn't their uh, you know it wasn't their they didn't own the supplier so. Had nothing to do with that. Well, Tom, you don't buy enough. You don't buy enough from Amazon because my wife, well, I'm not she's a, a big Amazon customer. Well, <laughs> they make her happy, man. Well, if it, they, they don't, they don't lose the wife. But if that would happen to her on day one, she wouldn't be an Amazon customer. That's what happened to me, basically. Ah. So, but anyway, what, what? now when when you look yeah. at these these retail back in my experience, I mean Home Depot in this report today would have been I don't know about forced. But back in 1978, Home Depot would have come out and said, by the way, our revenue was up 4% from last year, and 6% of that is increase in, in prices versus whatever. So if their same-store sales are up 2.2%, I'm going to say that their traffic is down. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. But I mean, but I, you and I have to interpret that. They're not helping us. Yeah. Which I think... Yeah, they're if, they're not, if, they're not, uh, if they're not indicating what... Part of that percent increase is due to just prices being increased. Right. Then I don't put much uh, weight into that. Because I mean, I know. I've, I mean, a firm's gonna a firm's gonna uh, put their best for, foot forward, right? Well, yeah, so, but I mean, you're also supposed to tell the truth. Yeah. I mean, you know, when the truth hurts, it should, as they used to say. Well, hey, they're telling the truth. Sales are up two percent, right? They're, they're telling you the truth, well, but. Uh, you can lie with statistics, right? Well, the retail sales number comes out today. Do, do, do they use a deflator on that? I'm thinking they don't. So they're saying retail sales are up 0.9 percent. Is that that's just that's just nominal, right? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to tell because when you watch these news programs, they, they mix up things like a percent change, a difference in two percentages. They call that a percent change when it's not; it's a percentage point change, right? right. So, yeah, it's really hard to tell from this from the reports from the media. But I, I would suspect that they're not going to, they, you know, they want to make it look good during the election year, so I think they're probably going to just use dominant prices. Well, that's the, uh, yeah, I mean, but I think that somewhere along the line, if you represent yourself on TV as at least somebody who should be on TV, you should at least know your definitions and use use them in a non-misleading fashion, you would think. Well, I, I don't think it's, they're trying to be misleading, you know, they they sometimes say, will say too that it's up one percent, and I'm like, is it up one percent year over year, quarter quarter, right. month to month, day to day? You know, a lot of times don't even specify that. I think it's just uh, maybe financial illiteracy. 
Well, that, that that could definitely be. What uh yeah. what do you what do you think of um uh we had a gentleman on yesterday talking about these grain prices, a lot of these commodity prices and this natural gas price. What this has gotta be unsettling to a lot of places. I mean we went through a, a thing yesterday. I think a lot of the natural gas price uh won't won't make it to you or me because I think a lot of people that have you know pipelines into certain areas that there's already a, a you know a kind of a forward price that in other words if if Commonwealth Edison is buying gas from a, a certain pipeline it's probably a fixed price for a while I'm, so I don't, I don't think we're going to see the the four dollar to eight dollar move in a few months you know in tomorrow that your gas bill is going to go flying up but a lot of a lot of stuff isn't that I mean worldwide these grain prices have got to be causing a problem everywhere. Well, they're not causing a problem this year. They're going to definitely cause a problem next year. I mean, Ukraine can't even ship its grain right now, right? Right. The ports are blocked. They're not. They're not planting. Right. They're being bombed. Well, yeah. It's so hard. it's hard to it's be right. Be, you know, if it's bad this year, then it's going to be even worse next year. Yeah. I, but I, the interesting the, the interesting thing is, uh, Tom, markets work pretty interesting. Uh, markets try to work, right? There's a woman in Utah who is selling her breast milk to moms in Utah. She, I think she's sold like 4,000 uh, ounces of her breast milk to moms in Utah. And moms in Utah need formula because, you know, I think in Utah we have about three and a half kids per female and most states have nine kids per female. So we need a lot of milk production you guys, for babies. You guys are good at something out there. <laughs> you nasty dog. So she, she's, this is how the market works, right? She sees a huge spike in baby formula because of a, a baby formula shortage. And she, some moms can produce uh, breast milk pretty, pretty well. So she's, she's feeding her, her babies and then she's got extra. So she's selling it to people. Well, I, uh, this. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing, man. Well, I, the, uh, the world does not always work exactly the way it's supposed to, right? Neither does yeah. Does, does everybody's anatomy isn't? My grandmother used yeah. to tell me that well, you know her kids. I mean, we're talking a long time ago before I think there even was formula. I've got to believe. And uh, and evident, whenever she had a baby, evidently she was pretty good at producing breast milk. I mean, why she's telling me this, I have no idea. But the reason why is there's always on the block there were always a couple of people that had kids, babies at the same time. Yeah, and said inevitably. She would be helping one of the neighbors who didn't produce enough or, or any. I mean, I don't know about any, but said she would constantly be helping one of the other somebody on the block who got baby the, or a relative who had a baby at the same time. The baby like they bring the baby like once a day at least. So, and uh, it isn't unusual for people to help other people out in that situation. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I mean it's not like every single person. You know, can turn it on and turn it off like they want to. It's, it's not the way it works. Yeah. I mean, it, so, oh yeah, I know. So, I understood so, that completely. So, yeah. so, so people help well, other people. Rich families uh, would hire uh, women to just be a, a literal nanny for the, the baby in terms of breast milk. Right. The term was a wet nurse. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so and maybe that's why when you look at history, a lot of these uh, wealthy people lived a lot longer than life expectancy was at that time, right? Maybe that's something to do with it, because if you're poor, you're not really able to feed yourself 
nutritious meals. Oh, yeah. And in that, in that regard, your breast milk's not going to be very nutritious for the baby. So the baby's not going to have this uh, great head start that babies today would have with these fortified um, formulas. Well, let's, uh, yeah, but speaking of that, we've got this formula issue. And uh, our man Lou, Lou Michaels, he's been on the show this long time, he first coined the phrase that our economic system, that's why whenever I get into a, how I get myself involved in this, I don't know, but people, maybe because we're on the show, but people will say, you know, why, why are you, don't you like like today's economy? I, I love uh, capitalist systems like the best and all this kind of stuff. And I'd say, what system do you think we have right now? Well, it's a capitalism. I said, well, a free market capitalism? Well, yeah. I said, well, name me five industries that are, in your mind, are free markets. I'd have trouble. And once you get past bars and restaurants and, and farming and other, you run out of gas pretty quick on that list. I said, this is, this is, but Lou coined it, and he, his knowledge of history is probably better than mine. He said, it's a very fascist system. Not that we're throwing people in concentration camps. He goes, it's, it's three or four companies in every industry with their nose firmly up the ass of government. That's that's a fascist economic system. There there was, you know, three or four bullet manufacturers real tied in with the state. You couldn't really be the fifth. Uh, and, and we have that, and you can name the, probably 20 industries here where that's exactly the way we are. It, without anybody's design, or without your and my design for sure, now how the hell do we get to four uh, companies or four plants making baby formula? That would seem to me that you have 50 of them. And I, I, it's not an industry I don't know anything about, but I read that, I go, God, lose right again. Here's yet another one. How, how, do, how do we get there, Al? Well, I think, I actually think our system is more mercantilist. I think it's more mercantilist because I think what ends up happening is people in general, I think most people, I don't, I don't think I'm like this. But I know a lot of professor friends, I have a lot of professor friends who once they get tenure, they kind of want to sit on their laurels. I never wanted to do that, right? I wanted to be challenged and pushed, and so I ended up teaching at a smaller arts college that doesn't give tenure. Because I want, I want to be held accountable every time I go in the classroom, right? So I want to be challenged. I want to feel the competition from somebody else. I want to grow, right? I think a lot of people, whether you're a blue-collar worker or you're a small business owner or you're a big corporation, at some point, you kind of want to fill your laurels and if you do that, you need to have government protect you from your competitors. And I think it's just, a lot of it is just human nature. Not a lot of people are wired like me, maybe not like you, Tom, but a lot of people are, want to just kind of clock in at nine and clock it, or clock in at nine and clock out at five. And in order to be able to do that, you have to have government protect you. And when we had a, a, a person resign from the city council, I think in Salt Lake about a year ago, the first thing that thought went through my head, is the person that wants to fill that position, what are they going to be doing in their first month? They're probably going to be filling questions from their constituents about how they need this regulation or that regulation to restrict competition. Okay. They need a favor from government. Well, That's what I thought of when I first heard of that story. As they said at the University of Chicago, competition is the greatest thing in the world for every industry but yours. Because now it's <laughs> exactly because now, now it's cutthroat competition. It's it's you know that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, but you look at your your big drug companies. But then again, the person who formed uh, Squibb or, or Bristol Myers or somebody maybe was just like you, or maybe like me. I don't know. I didn't want to did it, but so maybe they're not like us. But but after a while, the guys that come after us, 
they, they didn't make a drug. They didn't make penicillin. They didn't. They didn't do something. Yeah. To get, they're sitting there going, "Wait a minute, my job is to." Well, they're managing. The, they're managing the process, yeah. right? They're managing the process. They're using the scientific method, and uh, they, you know, maybe have a difficulty innovating and coming new products. What do they do? They gotta. They gotta get their patents and copyrights extended. So they spend a lot of time doing that. Oh yeah. I mean, what does Disney have? Disney has like a hundred year what extension on its uh, copyrights for. It's interesting little characters, right? So what does Disney do? It, it, it keeps extending these. It asks government to give these per, uh, these uh, protections or its uh, trademarks in intellectual property, right? And that's what happens. I mean, you just get to that point where you kind of want to you want to go in at nine and leave at five, well, right? Well, and then play golf on Saturday and Sunday. But the the you know as you look at the role of government. You end up with uh, uh, all kinds of all kinds of different views on it. Uh, now, and you and I have you know pretty much the same. We're pretty much we like we're a free competition kind of thing. But it's kind of not not the way the world works. At some point, the guys you know I'll pick a name. I'll pick Pfizer. At some point, they their job is if they see a company that's tough competition, they buy it. All right, and 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 the government lets it go. I mean, even though they know that in the long run you don't really want that to happen, and somehow along the line your your cost of getting a drug through the government is now you know twenty bazillion dollars. Hey, what? There's only three companies left that have twenty bazillion dollars. Well, that means if you and I have some new drug that actually might work, we either have to sell out to these people or somehow or another there's no way we're getting it through the government. All right, so then it becomes now your research department is not getting new drugs, it's finding out other people who have new drugs and buying them because they can't they're either put them out of business or, or you're the ones who are taken through the process. And somewhere, the role of government has to be, and any kind of a is to sort of have to stop that because, I, you know, I got this thing once from somebody, I don't really believe this, but there's a shred of truth in it, that the, the vibrancy is that 10% of the people always manage to steal all the money from the other 90%. But there's a vibrancy to it. Again, it's not something I believe. But the, the government's job is to is to take the money from the ten percent, redistribute it, so the next generation the same thing can happen. Because that's where the vibrancy comes from. Now I know you're going to sit there. This, this guy Chief is 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 off his is off his rocker. But there is a there is a certain there is a certain truth to that, isn't there? Huh? I mean, when I say steal it, all of a sudden the big guys win every court case, right? They, they they can afford the lawyers. The other guys can't. They win every court case. They I mean I mean Kodak got started from stealing the brown camera company camera. Right? They stole the patent, yeah. but they they were big enough that even though they lost in court, they they uh, they were able to break brown camera company and they bought them before the court before the ruling came down from the judge. They owned them. They ended up losing, but it didn't matter. They owned them. So I mean, this is never our system. Never works for the little guy. Never has. Well, I think. I think it doesn't work in the short run, but I think markets are always, entrepreneurs and markets are always trying to find ways to satisfy the demands of consumers that aren't being met by the companies that are part of these industrial cartels. Without a doubt. Whether they're... I'm saying without a doubt. That's where the vibrancy comes from. But you and I... Even if we have the the five best chemists right now, we will never be a Pfizer. We're, we're not we're not going to be 
We're, we're not, we don't have 15 years of having uh, overseas taxes where we didn't pay when everybody else did. We don't have a war chest of nine. They're they're going to buy us. We'll still we'll still be. Well, right. I think the pro- the problem that we have is that there's this revolving door between these cartelized uh, industries like Wall Street or pharma, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that have this revolving door between government, public, quote-unquote, public service, yeah. and then once you've done your public service, you go to these corporations, that's where you make all your money, right? But there's this revolving door there, and they want to keep that open for the, the few that uh, benefit from that. So I, I think there's uh, the partnership between these cartelized companies and the state is really strong, and, and the way to break that is via information, the free exchange of ideas, and you see administration after administration going after that that uh, free speech. They're always going after, it, right? Well, what do you, they're what always trying. To, they're always trying to find what disinformation is. Well, disinformation comes from the state, in my opinion. Well, they they didn't. But they want to be the arbiter of. They want to be the definer of misinformation and use their power to shut down people. Well, it's no different than Bezos buying a newspaper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, power, power. But, but Elon Musk is free to buy Twitter, so I'm not too worried about that. What I'm worried about is government, which is the creator of disinformation, the creator of lies, weapons of mass destruction, Afghanistan. We got to yeah. go back into Somalia. Uh, we could end the war in Ukraine by just driving down energy prices, but we are going to instead give them more weapons and extend this thing out, right? Well, well, I think the state is the the the, the vehicle of disinformation. Well, I, I would and that's say the that. danger. I would agree. But hell, we got a dash, bud. Talk at you uh, next cool. week. SP Futures up 62. NASDAQ Futures up 231. Kind of right when we came in. Big day here, allegedly. I hope it stays this way to the upside. See everybody tomorrow. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.